Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Hey, it's me, Steve. AG, you remember? Sometimes I do this podcast. <laughs> um, well, I'm back and it's been way too long. Uh, I know that I say I'm going to do this more often. Every podcast, my intro is me saying, really sorry, I know it's been a long time. I'm going to try and do this more often. And I mean it every time I do it. I mean it. Last time I did my podcast, I said that, and uh, I intended to. But uh, this year has really been horrible. I had like some major wrenches thrown in my gears. Um, the main one being my father getting really sick uh, earlier this year. And um, he eventually passed away in August. And um, so as you can imagine, I really didn't feel like doing a podcast. Um, a lot of my free time was spent in the hospital, driving back and forth to my parents' house, dealing with that. I had to turn down a lot of work this year because of it, which I don't regret in any way. I'm just saying that this was a really shitty year. And um, so the podcast was really low on my priorities. You know, when something like this happens, you find out where your priorities are really fast. And, um, you know, they my priorities were and should have been with my family. So I don't regret uh, not being able to do this. Uh, I got to spend a lot more time with my father, which was invaluable. It was wonderful. Uh, I really wish I could have spent more time with him. Um, but now I'm <laughs> trying to get my shit back together and it's been hard. I mean, it's been, you know, three, almost four months since he passed away. And, uh, I, I was starting to get really, you know, back on track and then the holidays rolled around and it's, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas just really put, put a spotlight on family. And, um, so that just becomes hard again. Um, Thanksgiving was, I mean, it was good to be with my family, but it was rough. I don't know what, what I'm doing here. This isn't, uh, <laughs> this isn't therapy. I'm just explaining, uh, where I've been the past, you know, eight or nine months. Um, so I'm going to say it again. Uh, I'm really going to try and do this podcast more often. And, uh, so here we are, I have a brand new one and I'm really stoked about this one. Um, uh, my guest is Jorge Garcia from Lost. Um, 
from Hawaii Five-0. Uh, he has a new movie on Netflix, uh, an Adam Sandler movie called The R- Ridiculous Six, which you should check out. Uh, we talk about the fact that I auditioned for his part in this movie, and I got fairly far along in the uh, process. Uh, but Jorge won out and uh, just... I, I think he should have as well. Um, oh God, I'm going to sneeze. No, I'm not. I beat it. Um, so I'm really stoked. I haven't known Jorge very long, and I don't know Jorge very well. So I'm always nervous going into these when I don't know the person very well. But I met him at Largo like about a year or so ago uh, doing the Thrilling Adventure Hour. And um, I thought he was awesome. And um, we follow each other on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, I finally had the balls to say, hey man, would you want to come do my podcast? And he was totally into it. A lot of people I say, let's do my podcast, and they're like, yeah, sure. And then we just play tag until it just goes away. Um, But Jorge followed up, and uh, I'm totally glad that he did. I think this turned out really well. Um, So I hope you enjoy it, and sorry for the delay in getting back um hopefully i'll have more of these out soon um so stay tuned uh but for now here's jorge garcia enjoy oh by the way (laughs) sorry i'm trying out a new theme song not that my old theme song was a theme song it was more of a theme riff uh it was just me playing my guitar for about two bars um I'm trying something out a little bit different. It's not musical. It's an audio clip from one of my favorite movies. I'll let you guys see if you know what it's from. And uh, also see what you think. I don't know why I was watching this movie and I saw this. And I'm like, that would be a funny way to start my podcast. I could be totally wrong. Um, so let me know what you think. All right. Uh, enjoy the episode. Thank you. This is my, my first podcast. and like... Was it like six months? Easily. No, it's been more, like April. I dragged you out of retirement. You did. I, uh, well, I mean, Dustin's always saying, we're going to, you know, we're going to do a, you know, relaunch of the website. We got to, you got to start podcasting again. Because it's fun when I do it. Sure. I like doing them. And like I said, there's so many people with podcasts. And I'm always right. just like, I'll ask someone, like I, all summer I've asked people, I'm like, hey, I have this podcast. Would you want to do it? They're like, yeah, yeah. Are you free next week? Oh, not next week, but... And then I'm immediately in my head like, they don't want to do it. Yeah, it becomes, it becomes it one on. of those, hey, we should grab lunch or something. Yeah. And so I immediately just give up. You were like the first person who was like, yeah, let's do it when I get back. And then you texted me when you were back. I was like, holy shit, this is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's a, like, because this is such a small window that I'm back for. It's always like, listen, this is... Yeah. We have a small window of opportunity of like, there's certain people like to try to get drinks with the one guy, have dinner with one guy, yeah. and then I do this. And then, but you know, these three days, what else am I going to do? Are you um, only here for three days? No, but I have three free days oh. basically, is what it all worked out to. Do you, do you live in Hawaii? Well, this last season, um, this when this season started, I wanted to bring my, I was, I they made me a regular a year ago. Five, oh, we're talking about. Yeah. 
And uh, do we need to tell them who I am? <laughs> no, they, they saw oh, yeah, it. They saw it on the listing. I'm I sure always, they get. It. <laughs> I always say that I'm like they clicked on this. They know Jorge. Right, right. Jorge right. Garcia is my guest. Yeah, but it is weird when you just start talking. Yeah. And like you know, someone's <laughs> listening to us. <laughs> I always but, feel like they they feel like now they're they're privileged to this conversation that they should yeah, be listening right. to. But yes, Jorge, eavesdropping. Thank, yeah, thank yeah. you for doing this. Uh, but uh, so when they made me regular and I was out there for the first season, I knew the next season I definitely wanted to bring my dog out. And yeah. then once my you know part of like what keeps drawing you back is oh, I want you know you want to see your dog and all that business. So yeah. now that the dog's there. There's less, like, I don't want to leave the dog there now so much, so I'll probably be spending more time in Hawaii for this season. Is it weird that you are back in You literally went back to the island. It was interesting going back because- It's a different island, though, right? No, it was the same island. Uh-oh. I mean, we're shooting out of the same studio. Oh, I figured Lost was probably like Kauai or something. Right? No, it was Oahu. Ah, shit, I Sometimes no it was just, you know, you you know, as long as the camera's pointing this way, you don't see the road and that kind of business. Yeah. You know, oh, we still look like we're on a remote island. <laughs> but um Yeah, so then going back, in a way it's kinda like I had to um, you know, discover Hawaii again in a completely new time and space because so much of what Hawaii was was connected to the people I was working with and yeah. just the experience of doing lost. So now it was, it was a whole different thing. I mean and there's like so many more people now that have moved there. The tourism and like the secret spots aren't a secret anymore, yeah. just because all that stuff's picked up. Yeah. So when did when did Hawaii Five O happen for you? And when was the last episode? Like when did you finish shooting Lost? Um, Lost ended 2010. Yeah, I think it was. And Five O. I I did like three episodes in a row in their fourth season, which would have been uh, like January 2014. Yeah. Did you audition or was that that an offer? It was an offer. I did a show called Alcatraz after Lost, and then two of the guys who were part of the team that created Alcatraz. You're really really big on the islands. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah, totally. And uh, there was, they ended up, uh, getting jobs on Hawaii Five O, and they basically created this Jerry Ortega character that brought me on to Five O as Chin's um, high school alumni. Yeah, I just started watching it. I was like, I didn't, I didn't, I don't watch a lot of TV anymore. Yeah. I, most of my stuff I catch on like Apple TV. Yeah, yeah, me too. I don't know why I still have cable because everything's Apple TV. But every now and then I'm like. Oh, so and so's on this show. I'm gonna TiVo and watch it, and I was like, "It's pretty good." Thanks. I yeah, was yeah. like, I didn't know if it was gonna try and recreate. In my head, the, I'm like, "It's the, gonna the be show. Jack Lord." And, right, right, right. But it's totally modern. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I know TV's like I don't know what when any shows are on anymore. I don't either. A lot of times, I'm like, "Oh, I missed that that first episode." Oh, I just gotta punch it in so it catches them as they come up now. You can find most shows everywhere. I'm always frustrated when there's a show I'm really into that I can't find anywhere. Like right now, I'm really into The Nick. Have you seen that? No. Holy shit, dude. It's one of, it's one of my all-time favorite shows, and I've only seen a season. It's uh, 
it takes place in like the early 1900s in a hospital in New York. So it's like really like primitive, like cutting people open to take out babies and like really, they're using a crank suction to vacuum blood out of the. It is horrific. Like if you have a weak stomach, some some of the episodes are hard to watch, but it's Steven Soderbergh directs all the episodes. Um, this is a current show. Like yeah. new episodes are being made and all that. Season two is currently airing, but it's no Cinemax. Oh, okay. Which I don't have Cinemax, and I only started watching it because the first season was on HBO Go. Okay. Uh, I guess they're somehow tied together. Yeah. Uh, but it was very limited. Like, as soon as I finished watching them, they were, like, off of HBO Go. And now iTunes doesn't carry it, which is weird to me. Like, iTunes has, like, every TV show. I remember it was like that. I was trying to find... You know, because I, I, I started watching Sopranos, and then I fell off Sopranos, and I was like, I need to get back and yeah. go through the whole run of Sopranos, and then trying to find a place that had it. Yeah. And H- Apple TV didn't have it? Uh, I, I mean, I, I think I was looking for a place, like something that I was already subscribed to, to use, to, to watch yeah. it on, as opposed to like, all right, I guess I guess it's time to I break got, down and buy I it. got into a lot of HBO shows. I never had HBO, but I got into them all uh, <laughs> when I got someone's HBO Go password. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then I was like, "Holy shit, The Sopranos is awesome!" <laughs> yeah. yeah, I oh yeah, it wasn't offered on HBO Go when I when I was looking for it. Like I remember going through Deadwood that way. Yeah, uh, but um, but yeah, well, it's because like I have everything in my house here. Yeah. But then I go to Hawaii. I goes, "Well, I don't need all these premiums." So now I'm trying to like try to do it through the iPad and yep. be like, "All right, oh, I got to remember that John Oliver show comes on every week and that kind of business." Yeah. It's crazy. I um. Yeah, you got to check out the Nick though. It's it's so brutal. Clive Owen is the the main actor in it, and it's um, the score is done by the same guy who did the score to Drive. I don't know if you saw oh, okay. Drive. Yeah. So it's like a modern, like almost techno electronic score, which works great. In a period piece, that's cool. It's really, really fucking gross. But um, <laughs> and I'm a high, I'm a huge hypochondriac. I have serious issues with death like I really I'm a mess of a person and I thought for sure I put off kind of watching it too for a while Mm -hmm. because people were telling me about it and I'm like I don't think I can watch people being cut open and uh, dying and like (laughs) like there's a guy comes in and they've just gotten electricity like electricity is new and they'll be doing a surgery and the lights will go out because it's just wired shitty, the hospital. And there's an episode where a guy comes to sell them an x-ray machine and they don't know what it is. And he's showing them x-rays of his hand and they're like, holy shit, that's a photograph of your bones. And they're all just like, it's like they're looking at magic. And they're like, is this thing safe? And he's like, oh yeah. He's like, this has been in my house for a month and my kids have been playing with it every day. <laughs> X-raying their heads. And you're just like, oh my god, the cancer that children had to go through. Yeah, that only works with like our future knowledge of you know. Like I always had this. Hindsight. I always had this idea of of a, like a sketch of like a airport security in the future, and all the TSA are mutants saying it's perfectly safe. <laughs> you only get this much radiation when you go through this machine. 
I never question it. And I'm always terrified, but I'm like, well, I guess if everyone else I, is going, to right? Do it. I know who am I? I don't. I don't want to rock the boat. There's, but sometimes I, you get lucky when they have a backup in the line, and they're like, "All right, you guys just come through the metal detector." And sometimes when you just miss that cutoff, I get so bummed out. Isn't there a new thing? Someone was telling me I don't fly a lot. I don't. I just, I hate it, but I also just don't fly a lot. And someone was telling me there's a new thing you can pay for like yearly where you get to skip that. Yeah, pre-check. I I tried. One of those. No, I think I tried the international one when I was living in Canada, but at the time, I don't know if I can still do it. But at the time, it used to be a long process when I checked in on a plane because there's some other Jorge Garcia who likes to cause trouble in the world. What? (laughs) So he likes to cause trouble. And so it's like I go, and they're like, "Mm." then you see them pick up like the handset and like Ugh. talk to someone in the back like uh, okay one second but eventually that started going away as i kept you know putting in my whatever frequent flyer miles and stuff so they always yeah. say oh no it's a different Jorge garcia because i mean Jorge garcia is a very common name yeah, in dude. latin world in and in america now you yeah know? um i once i used to have no problem flying i mean we're big guys. It just fucking sucks. Oh, yeah. But I used to have no problem. And then I was uh, taking a short flight from Burbank to, or Sacramento to Burbank, which is a 40 minute flight. And I had the worst panic attack of my life on the plane. Like I literally climbed over my seat to get out of my seat. And I like locked myself in the bathroom for the whole flight. And um, it would, the, the panic attack wasn't related to flying. It just happened to ha- happen on a plane. Mm-hmm. And so for years, I just equated flying with panic. And so I didn't fly for like six or seven years. I just wouldn't fly. Mm-hmm. I would drive places like, oh, you, you're you going to go to San Francisco? Like, we'll pay for you to fly there. And I'd be like, no, I'm driving. I was just afraid. And um, I remember... Uh, I started working at Jimmy Kimmel's show. I was, I was a writer on Jimmy Kimmel. And my first assignment, I was the new guy, and they had a, a job in Vegas with Jimmy's uncle Frank and Chris Angel. And they needed to send a writer along. And, like, all the writers were like, not it. I'm not going. And they were mm-hmm. like, basically, you're the new guy. You have to go. And I was so fucking scared of flying. And, like, I remember just, like, sweaty palms as I walked into the airport and it was just you know one night so I just had a duffel bag with me and I I, I handed in to uh, the woman in the check-in counter and she does the thing with the wand over it and like a little alarm goes off and she goes on her like little phone thing and yeah. all of a sudden there's like 10 people around me and I'm sweating so I look guilty yeah, like right. but I'm just scared and uh they start wiping down my bag and they empty it out and they're like, we found residue on your bag that's common in certain explosives. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? And they're like, oh, it's probably nothing. I'm like, what residue? I, I still don't know what it was, like what residue I would have in my house that would be in explosives. Right. Um, but that didn't help. And that was like, you know, 
that was horrific. But I'm glad I did it because once I flew to Vegas, I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. No. But when, when you locked yourself in the bathroom during that thing, is the locking yourself in the bathroom because it's less of a place that you're out of control of? Or is that just gives you a free space where no one can see you have your attack? Uh, both. Um, you know, through therapy, you know, um, I... Uh, I determined, you know, with my therapy that my issues are like control. Yeah. Like I like to be in control. And when you're on a plane, you are not in control. And I also have, uh, oddly enough, as a comedian and an actor, issues with being embarrassed. Right. Like, I I don't want to throw up in public. Yeah. I don't want to, like, freak out in public. Yeah. So they they both feed on each other. And, um... Antidepressants have helped a lot with that. I can fly now, no problem. I still hate it, but um, the worst are flights where you know it's only economy class. You know, like Southwest yeah. to Vegas, where it's like, yeah, good luck. And I get there late. Last time I went to San Francisco, I was the last person on the plane, and I walk on, and there's one seat in the very back, and it's the middle row, and it's between two guys that are as big as you and I. And I see them both look up and see me get on the f- plane. I can see their faces just get really sad, like, fuck. And it was just an hour of these, you know, I had no armrests. Yeah. Just my hands between my legs. Yeah. Yeah, it just starts becoming, yeah, I just start paying to ride in front of the plane and just be <laughs> like, just, you know, I'm just going to shell out the money there for yeah. the, the peace of mind. I flew... I flew somewhere recently, maybe it was Vegas, and um, I got, I am, I'm like militant now about like early check-in, like, you mm-hmm. know, 24-hour check. I got, you I- You do the night before thing? The, yeah. Oh, I you do? On the, and I'm always like the first one to get, I'm always the first one checked in, and um, so I did that last time I went to Vegas and uh, for a wedding, which is just like two months ago, and- I get on, I'm the first one on the plane, and there's this tiny woman, she's probably in her 30s, and she's probably like five foot two. Like, she is tiny. And I get on, and there's been a few people that pre boarded, like old people or people with kids. And like, the best seats are just the bulkhead, you know, in Southwest, yeah. where it's like five feet of space in front of your seat. And there was just one of those left. And as I go to put my luggage in the overhead this chick snaked it and i was like fucking really i'm six foot six you mother and so i got a seat right behind her and i felt vindicated as we were landing she got really sick because it was really turbulent flight and i heard her tell the flight attendant she's like i sometimes i get sick when i fly in turbulence and they brought her not like a little bar fact they brought her a full-on just hefty garbage bag <laughs> and uh she was fully puking for the last like oh. 15 minutes of the flight which kind of made me happy made you feel good but also puking is like my biggest fear i have so many issues dude but puking is like my biggest fear and um so i was ha- kind of happy that she was puking but also i was kind of trying to cover my ears so i didn't have to hear it there one one time i was flying to southwest and I did the the second seat purchase, and uh-huh. you get priority boarding for that because you get two seats next to each other. 
Ooh, so you don't have to shit. deal with the first come first serve. So you get to take your seat, and there's like this little slip that goes on the seat next to you. That's like you know taken. Yeah, <laughs> reserve. This is Harvey's seat. It should just be a little plaque that sits up on the seat that says <laughs> "I'm with stupid" and points <laughs> points at you. I by the way, speaking of that, I I shot something with Kevin Smith yesterday. Yeah. He's lost so much fucking weight. Yeah. I I was really fucking bummed out. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing bums me out because I don't lose weight ever. I'm just like, I'm always like, oh, I'll start next week or something. And then when I see people who've lost a lot of weight, I'm just always like, you fucker. <laughs> Why did you do this to me? You feel betrayed. Yeah. and It's like, we were in this club. And whenever you ask, it's always the same, like... I always ask, hoping it's something easy, like, oh, I, just, <laughs> I just slept an hour less tonight. <laughs> but it's always like, oh, I gave up sugar for a year. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can't do that. Um, but anyway, uh, Jorge and I met um, Thrilling Adventure Hour, right? Yeah. Which is a show here in L.A. Well, it was a show was, in L.A. Yeah. They didn't do it anymore, but it's like an old-timey radio show. Um. I think you were on my very first one too. Oh yeah, I've only I've done a handful of them, not a Me lot. Too. But I, I think, think I, I did three total. I think that was my first one, and I was fucking terrified because I <laughs> so many issues. I, <laughs> I well, first of all, it's nothing like you've ever done before. Uh, no, it's and I also just hate reading out loud in public. Yeah, because I am an idiot and. I never read the scripts in advance. I'm always like, yeah, okay, I'll just show up and do it. And then I get there, and I'm like, I should have fucking read this. And um, But it always just takes me back to, like, elementary school. And the yeah. teacher would make you stand in front of class. And I remember one time when I was in, like, third grade, and I'm, it's story time, and we're all taking turns reading, and I'm reading this story, and the word coyote comes up. And I've never seen that word written before. I'm, I'm nine or ten years old. And they say coyote, and everyone in the fucking class starts laughing at me. Like, all these brainiacs knew what that word was. They're like, ah, coyote, what an idiot. <laughs> and that, I, I, I can still see that moment in my head like it was yesterday. And so table reads, I'm always nervous. Even if I'm on the third season of a show, I'm just like sweaty palms, knowing that my page is about to come up and I have to read. Yeah, when I was in school, it was the the bullet I dodged was nowhere because I'm you know you read along with the guy who's reading out loud, and I see it as now here is coming up. Oh yeah, and he says now here, and the teacher's like nowhere, and I was like, Whew, I'm glad I wasn't on on the spot for that one because I was gonna do the exact You're same the one thing. Laughing at him now. <laughs> I once went to basketball camp when I don't know if I've told this before. I went to basketball camp in like sixth grade. And uh, it was like the John Wooden basketball camp in like Simi Valley or something. And um, they send you like a week or two before you go, they send you, they send your parents a list of, you know, make sure your kid brings four days of clean underwear and blah, 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 and all this. And one of the things was deodorant. And I'm sitting there looking at it. And again, it's like a word I've never, I knew what it was, but I'd never seen it written. So I'm Mm. like, "Uh, mom. What's deodorant? <laughs> and she started laughing at me. My fucking mother is like 
on the floor. She, <laughs> like, crouched down holding her stomach. Mm. I'm like, what's so funny? She's like, it's deodorant. I'm like, how the fuck? I didn't say that, but I'm like, how am I supposed <laughs> to know that? How am I supposed to know this? I'm, I'm in sixth grade. Yeah. Well, those are things you find out also are the things that, as an adult, that you thought was this word, and it's actually, like, two words, like, um, for all intents and purposes. Yeah. I that was intensive purposes. I don't think I... <laughs> intense. And intense. For all intents and purposes, it turns out that's what it is, and I always heard it as intensive. <laughs> intensive purposes. <laughs> this is a really intense thing, you guys. We yes. got to... Uh, <laughs> These are the most intensive purposes. I feel them. like an idiot. I have a college degree, and I, this year, found out what textiles means. <laughs> I've always just, I don't know what the fuck I thought textiles were, but, like, I was at a Starbucks drive through on Highland, and there was just a big building that said textiles on it, and I was like, I don't know what that shit is. And I looked up and it's just like, it's like fabrics. Yeah. It's... I was like, why the fuck don't we call them fabrics then? <laughs> like, why is tiles? Textiles. I think I tweeted it and people were making fun of me. <laughs> I think they thought I was just writing a joke tweet, but I was seriously like, I just found out, I'm 46, I just found out what textiles are. <laughs> yeah, we met at Thrilling Adventure and uh, where are you from? I grew up uh, San Juan Capistrano. Really? Yeah. South Orange County. Off the Ortega South Highway? Lenny. No, off Los Rambles. But you know the Ortega Highway. Yeah. My dad used to commute on the Ortega Highway every day. To, like, Temecula? Yeah. What did he do in Temecula? When I was a kid, we called it Lake Elsinore. But yeah, yeah, Lake Elsinore. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. what we called it. I grew up uh, in Riverside. Oh, right on. Uh, he was a doctor. He worked as a pathologist for a hospital. No shit. My dad was a doctor as well. Okay. I used to always, I was, I mean, I know I don't look it now, but I was really athletic as a kid, and we used to right. go surfing a lot, you know, when I was in high school, and we would very often take the Ortega Highway to, down to like San Clemente. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when um, I went to high school. San Clemente? Yeah. How old are you, if you don't 42. Oh, you lucky bastard. <laughs> I'm 46, and I uh, feel each anytime I think about my age, I'm like Jesus Christ. I'm almost I'm I'm closer now to 50 than I am to yeah. But we're California 40s, which is different (laughs) than like Kansas. Because like when you go back home for like a reunion or something, like like people like friends of mine who live in like either the Midwest or like you know, it's like they're like, oh yeah, everyone looks way older than we do. What? This is going to alienate middle America. <laughs> that elitist motherfucker. This is, this is, I don't know. What? what it's was, all the avocados. Were you into into drama and theater when you were in high school? Yeah. You were? Yeah, I did I did the plays in high school. I never did. I always wanted to, but I was secretly terrified. Really? Yeah. It was great, because then it kind of became... Um, like I, you know, getting to play Tevye in my senior year was kind of great. It was no really shit. fun, big deal for me. When did you make the move to LA? I went to UCLA. 
And after I graduated, it was like, okay, I don't want to move back home because yeah. it's real easy to get comfortable and stay there. Yeah. So I ended up just getting a job at Borders in Westwood and just... No shit. Yeah. That's amazing. Just grunting along. And, uh, you know, I still needed some, like, family support to survive for a while. And then I started getting commercials. So did I. Then with commercials, and, you know, it's like I wasn't making enough to live off of one or the other, but both commercials and borders was able to, you know, get me going. Yeah. And then uh, I booked a pilot, and that was, the you know, pretty much when I quit borders. Did the pilot go? It didn't. Um but um, I was able to coast on that for a little bit. It's always good. And then, and then I ran out of money, and then suddenly I got this big residual check from like a beer commercial I'd done in January, and I was able to send, you know, I borrowed the rent from my parents, and I was able to send that check back, which felt like oh, it's still one of the greatest achievements of my feeling, career. Dude. I know that feeling. And then that September, just my career exploded. I got, I got, I, I got this like guest star on. Like uh, some sitcom that was shot on Universal, um, mm-hmm. and um, what was it called? Rock Baby. I think it <laughs> Rock was. Baby. And uh, and then I got this movie. It was like an indie for Showtime, and then I got this part on Becker, which ended up turning a series regular. I remember Becker. I have two of my two good friends who were on Becker: uh, Alex Dazer and yeah. Shawnee Smith. Yeah, 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 yeah. I came on uh, at their final season where actually Shawnee. <laughs> She said, as I show up, she's like, welcome to the sinking ship. Because, like, they had been canceled, and then they were brought back as a winter and then brought back as a fall. I know. And so I kind of came in, um, you know, on their last season, and that was kind of my first. Which uh, is still a good gig, you know? It was a great gig. Network. And was that live audience? Yeah. Isn't that the best? It's so much fun. I've only done, like, maybe two... Maybe three guest stars on like multi camera for the live audience, and it's the best schedule. Yeah, for well, the best schedule, right? Well, I came on Becker had already been on for like five years before, something like yeah. that. So it was like they had their shit down, Smooth, where it yeah. was like you'd come in on the table read, you work an hour that day, yep, you read the script and you go home, yep. Like newer shows, they read the script and then like, all right, let's start working on it and yeah, stuff let's like go that. To this stage, let's yeah. go block or whatever. But um, it was so great that they had that thing down, and I just got to. That was my first introduction to that, and also being a regular is so different than being a guest star, because yeah. the guest star, there's a sense still that you're still auditioning for it every day. Yeah, and because you see people who are at the table read who didn't show up at work, and someone else was there. There's sometimes I did. Uh, I guest starred on uh, Two Broke Girls, uh-huh. and there was a guy who was great. I thought he was great. Like he, he he was a great actor, and he was awesome. The whole week he made it. The whole week, and then the day that we shot the episode. It was just a new actor was there. And I was like, what What happened? Though? Yeah, I know. Yeah, the producers just decided they didn't like him. It's like, holy shit, they can do that the last day? And they're like, yep. And then the new guy comes in, and he's terrified. He's like, uh, so <laughs> what did that guy do wrong? And I was like, I don't think you can do anything wrong now. They're shooting in <laughs> like late. three hours. Yeah, right. But that was the best schedule. Yeah, like you do a table read. We did it on a Wednesday. Go home an hour later. 
Yeah. Come in for like two hours the next day. Where Everyone wanted to leave early on Friday, so you started a little earlier, so yeah. you could be done by like one or something. And then you shoot it for a couple hours on the shoot day, and then you're done. Like, a, you know, a single camera show, like, I, I, Lost must have been, a, like, rough to shoot, you know. Um, it, it's... Yeah, it was more work. You'll be for there sure. for like, you know, twelve yeah, plus you're there, hours. Yeah, you have like a thirteen-hour day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's the best gig, for, like the best money. But yeah, when you guest star in a show, you show up and it's like, you. F- I always feel like the new kid in school. Like, yeah, I hope they fucking like me. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're already into. They it. got their vibe. Yeah, they have their yeah. inside jokes, and then and you're just like sitting there hoping someone talks to you. <laughs> Yeah, and there's no one there to like usher you in sometimes, and it's just, like it takes someone to be like, "Who's this?" Yeah, and you're like, "Oh, hi, uh, I'll be, you know, the cab driver." The, the, I just played a cab driver on something. The, the that was my first job in Spin City. Was it cab driver? I just played a cab driver on Chips, <laughs> the, the Chips movie. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but the scariest thing for me whenever I work on a new show is the. Just showing up in the morning because they're like, "All right, base camp's over here. Just park and and you park and like nobody knows who you are and you walk up and someone's always like, "Can I help you?" Yeah, like, uh, "Yeah, I'm uh, I'm working on the show today." And they're like, "Extras are over." There. I'm like, "No, yeah, right." And you don't want to be like, uh, "No, I'm an a- actual actor." You don't want right. to say that and see. Right, it's fucking terrifying. Every new job to me is terrifying. Yeah, and 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 it's like in. Saying like, oh, where you park, put where where you are in the totem pole. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah. got it. The regular this is where I am. Are parked right in front <laughs> of the trailers, and then you're parked in a parking garage four blocks away, or in a church parking lot, <laughs> and you have to get in a van with everyone who's like, yeah. who's this guy in the van? yeah right at like five in the morning. And you're like, I was on a show where I got to do that. I know. <laughs> you're like, oh, fuck. Um, but yeah, so Becker was probably your first. Yeah, real. It was. That was great. Also, the the a lot of awesome moments, Becker. But even just like the shooting at Paramount, so great, because so iconic to drive in that gate. Oh yeah. And then after my when I, when they made me a regular after that, and then you got to get the special pass, let you park in the water tank. What's the water? Oh, where the where they would have like ocean sets. And yeah, stuff? right. So there's there's the regular parking lot, and then you go past this other right, yeah. electric arm thing, whatever they call those things, yeah, and okay, uh, yeah. and and then you go down into the thing. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes you can't park there because they're doing like a it's full of water. Ca- it's full of water, and you're doing like an automobile shoot yeah. where like you see like like the car as if it's like floating in water kind of business. I love all that stuff. Or like they would shoot commercials and they're like, hey, the New York Street's covered in snow right now. And so then I kind of like just kind of take a long way out of the studio to just kind of check it out. I just shot something on the the Fox lot a few weeks ago and I wrapped at like 11 o'clock at night and I just took my camera and I walked around the lot. Like I could have gone home, but I was like, I walked to the New York Street. Every lot has a New York Street. I walked to the and I was taking photos and taking photos of the giant Darth Vader and Luke right. Skywalker. Yeah. And I I never get tired of walking around a lot. It's Yeah, me either. It's fucking amazing. When when we were doing Sarah Silverman, 
first of all, each season we shot on a different lot. Like, that's how it was, like, because we never knew if we were going to get picked up. So sure. they'd wait, and then, oh, you can't shoot the at Sunset yeah, Gallery yeah, right. anymore. So uh, we shot at um, CBS Radford in the Valley, which mm-hmm. was awesome. And my dressing room uh, was on the second floor overlooking the Seinfeld New York Street. Sweet. Like, I watch the episodes of Seinfeld now, and I can see my dressing room window going, fuck, man. That was so cool. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) When you did Lost, did you, uh, what was the audition like for that? Um, Well, uh, I got, Lost came, first of all, I, I did this episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. That, by the way, is the first time I became aware of you. Oh, right on. That was a really uh, yeah. Good, well, that's good part. The, that's when JJ became aware of me too, because he uh, that was what got me the meeting for Lost, because they were starting to put together this oh, thing, shit. and it was like Lost. They kind of had a basic story, but they were kind of writing it as they were casting it. So yeah. they would. It was cool because it seemed like they started like just finding actors they want to work with, and then let stuff come later. Because like the one time I actually saw a breakdown for a character named Hurley, he was like some like redneck in his fifties. No who shit. was they, they referred to him as a red shirt, which I'm guessing he wasn't going to survive the pilot. Yeah. So then I went in and I, and it was great because the same episode had, um, uh, you know, another actress who was there for a different pilot. So after she was having her meeting with them, they were asking her about me, like what kind of guy I am, how I'm going to hang out with and stuff. And so the then same episode in, of Curb. Of Curb, yeah. She played the prostitute. Oh yeah, uh, it was the Whitley. carpool. It was the carpool episode. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so they funny. were. Um, so then I went in, and and they they only had material for Boons and Sawyers. So I read Sawyer sides, and That's uh, so weird. And then you know I had that, and then we chatted, and then it wasn't until I tested that they actually wrote scenes for the Hurley character. That's... And when I went into audition, I was like the only Hurley that signed in. So I was like, I don't know what it means, but I think that's a good sign. It's great. And it's the other great thing is pilot auditions, there's always this sense of, you know, you will, uh, an actor automatically has like, uh, like me, does this please you thing? <laughs> and you go from, you pass the producers and the producer, you know, or you pass the casting director, you go to the producer. The producer likes you. The producer brings you to network. the studio and then the network. And so when the producer has that as well, like, I hope you like this. We hope we like this guy. We hope you like this guy. Yeah. It's like it adds that, you know. But the lost audition was, you could feel this amazing confidence in JJ. And it was kind of like, this is who I like. And That's you knew so you awesome. had him supporting you in that room. Yeah. And uh, that made a huge difference. In That's that all room. you need sometimes for a good audition is I've had – I'm in general horrible at auditions. Yeah. But every now and then I'll walk in to an audition. and It'll be the first time with a certain casting director. And it, when they come out or when I walk into the room – Sometimes they'll see me and go, oh, my God, I think you're so funny. You were immediately put at ease. Oh, and yeah. I always have my best auditions when that happens as opposed to, hello, uh, all right, stand over there and sleep. 
Right. It's just really clinical and cold, and I'm always just like. I had an audition where the moment my ass hit the seat, the casting director said the first line. Ugh. Like, I wasn't yeah. even there yet. Yeah. And then it was like, yeah, the whole thing was a blur. But when I auditioned for Becker, and they brought me in then to read with Danson, it was kind of like chemistry reads. So they had me and, like, all these guys I'd seen on TV or movies before, you know? Oh, Danson. That's and so I crazy. walk in, and he's got his script rolled up, like a like a rolled-up newspaper. And he walks in, and he points at me with his script like Babe Ruth, like oh, like that guy, you know. And I was like, oh, that felt good. Yeah, you know. There's a few moments they did. Ted did a lot of things that first few days on Becker, which completely, you know, changed my confidence level in doing that show. There's another part at the end of the day where we walk by and I kind of, you know, do this kind of not quite a wave, almost like where you wave with your eyebrows, like, hey, you know, see ya. It's like the good nights, <laughs> and he stops. And he puts his hand on my shoulder, and he's tall, he's big, and he's yeah. like, I'm so glad you're here. Oh, dude. And I was like, oh, that's great. That's Sam Malone. I know. Jesus Christ. Um, oh, yeah, I, I'm so horrible at auditioning. Yeah. I've had auditions where I went in for a show over the summer, and I showed up, and... Um, uh, just like with you, I my name was the only one on the sign-in sheet. There was no one in the lobby. There was no one. No, I was there. Like the lobby was dark, and there was like the assistants were on the phone in the next room. And I, I had to check my phone to make sure I was there on the, the right, right day. day. <laughs> it's I like that thing it. when like it's, it's it's Halloween, it's cool, <laughs> yes. and you go dressed up and you're looking for the first person. Cause not everyone dresses up. You're like someone be in a costume. Please don't tell me I missed the wrong day. Uh, we're doing that tomorrow, Jorge. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I and I it's walked the 29th. in. 29th. And the casting director comes out, and I'm like, am I here at the right time? She's like, oh, yeah. She goes, uh, she's like, you're the only one auditioning. She, she goes, I, when I saw the breakdown, I thought of you, and I, I mentioned you to the showrunner, and he loved you. He thought you were, you'd be great for this, so... We just have to put you on tape as a formality. Oh, yeah. Which is the kiss of fucking death for I me. know. It's like, hey, this is only yours to lose. The kiss of death. It's happened to me like two other times. And uh, they're like, uh, okay. And so you get to go in and the casting director works with you for She's like, oh, let's try it this way until you get it to where you feel good. Yeah. And she's like, all right, we'll talk to you soon. And then you don't fucking get it. And your, your manager calls and I'm like, yeah. Uh, producers loved you, casting loved you, uh, the network hated you. Hmm. It, it, it's so frustrating. Yeah, that's more feels more nervous than actually, you know, not having the job at first. Yeah, it's the same thing. Also, like when you do the test before you go into the test, they do the whole deal out. So it's like, okay, so here's how much money you would make. Ugh. Now go audition for these people. <laughs> Yeah, don't, sh- now you don't know, show me Now that. you know what you cannot have. Yeah, don't show me. Just I'll sign my name. That I might be a good at... practice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'd be like, hey, don't don't tell me what you're negotiating. Just, you know. I just want to, I'll sign without looking. I don't need to. Yeah. By the way, speaking of casting, you're in a, you're in a new, uh, the new uh, Adam Sandler Netflix movie. Yeah. Ridiculous Six. Right. Which I auditioned for two years before. I did too. For the same that, part. That part? Herm. No kidding. Oh, do your audition. Uh, <laughs> there were no words. I know. <laughs> so two years ago, 
I go to this place on uh, La Brea and Highland, that yeah. big like Sapporo yeah. building. Yeah. And I remember like the Asahi? a couple Asahi na- now. Um, I got the sides for this thing, this movie, and I was like, "Oh, that's fucking hilarious!" But it was coming out. It was like right, I think, when Tarantino had announced his magnificent or yeah. whatever hateful eight, hateful eight, magnificent. That seven. was a few years ago, and I, I don't. There's like just all these westerns happening, right? And uh, I thought that was awesome. I'm a big Adam Sandler fan, and uh, and they gave me the, the sides, which were like twelve pages. Of no dialogue. Right. 12 pages of reacting to other people. And I was like, I, I, don't, I don't know how to prepare for this. Right. So I just, you know, got as familiar with it as I could. And I went in and I thought it was all right. And just no, nothing ever happened with it. And then a year ago or when, whenever they started casting again, my manager's like, oh, yeah, uh, you have an audition at uh, Happy Madison. Uh, I went back for the same part, and I was like, oh, shit, that didn't happen. I, I go, I thought that was gone. And they're like, no, it's it's happening now. And so I went in and um, had a great audition for Herm. I was like, oh, these sides are much better. It, it, it had changed significantly, in a, but he was still mute. And uh, I remember sitting in... In the lobby there. Man, I really want to see you do Herm. I, was, I mean, it doesn't make good for I've podcasting. Seen, now that I've seen the trailer, I was like, yeah, Jorge's perfect for this. Um, but I remember sitting in the lobby and uh, David Keckner came in and I didn't, he came in in costume. Like, I did not recognize him. He had a fucking long haired wig on. Like a scraggly Western long-haired. He's wearing a leather duster coat, a cowboy hat. I did not recognize him, and I've known him for forever. And I didn't recognize. I I watched this guy sign in. I watched him sit directly across from me, and I stared at his face for like thirty seconds. And he goes, "Hey," and I I was like, "Holy shit, dude! What the fuck?" I felt it really threw me off, and I was then I was terrified to audition. Wow. Because they called him in before me, and I was like, he's in character already. He looks fucking great. And he'd kill it. I mean, he's good. And he works in a lot of shit that I'm jealous of. Yeah. And and then I went in, and it was, I mean, there were a lot of people in that room when I auditioned. And I was like, and it went really well. I told my managers, and then, um, uh, like a week later they're like they want to see you again and uh and i went in and i had another good audition i mean it wasn't as good but i was like ah oh, they 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 know me now they mm-hmm. they you know i'm either right for it or i'm not and then i didn't get it and then um i saw on we follow each other on instagram and i i started seeing you oh because there's one of my early posts and you put like a hashtag herm on it, yeah, and I was like, "How does he know who that is already?" Yeah, I saw. I don't know if it was you in getting a mold made, or oh. like you were already in New Mexico. Is that where you shot? There, yeah, they did. They also did. They did both the wig fitting and the like a beard fitting thing. Like with the yeah, they did like the tape on my face. I had no idea you were even in the running, and then I saw that, and I'm like, "Fucking Herm!" <laughs> I go, "As I," and I was genuinely like, "Well, if someone asks you, I'm glad it's someone." 
who I know, and I think he'd be great. And the, the trailer looks really fucking funny. Yeah, it was, it was man. It they they had said something really great to me, um, leading into it, where they were saying they, uh, they 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 really like the two years ago, the tape from two years before that they liked made him laugh a lot and then they, the movie was like postponed he did another movie yeah. and then um, I think another movie after that but then they were they they after they they said they were seeing a lot of people and they go you know let's let's watch that tape again and it still made him laugh oh, that's great so then I got it and they keep talking about how great my audition is I don't remember my audition from two years ago. What you did two years <laughs> yeah, ago. and so I'm like, oh gosh, what do I do with the table read? And I was like, hey, is it possible to maybe for face. you to send me <laughs> the did audition? Uh, he did. It was like a link, and I didn't click on the link soon enough where the thing expired. And then I felt like you know I didn't want to be uh, yeah I didn't want to be competent <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I just kind of like try to you know let the muscle memory. <laughs> kind of come back and um and I went the table read gave me the confidence like okay good this this is kind of the same thing that I was doing it felt familiar in a way yeah it's a good part and it's also kind of there are certain parts where it's a I'm great like part like dream parts where I'm like parts where I'm a mute where I don't have to <laughs> memorize lines parts where I'm in a wheelchair <laughs> like yeah there are certain things where I'm like, oh god, Ironside. That would yeah. Been I have kid. a buddy in acting class where we always like will make jokes. Says, oh, I got this scene I'm doing, and it all takes place in a bed. <laughs> it's like a couple in bed scene. Kind we would of. get scripts for Sarah Silverman show, and I would like go through, and uh, people would be like, "How's the the new script?" I'd be like, "It's great. I'm sitting, I'm on the couch a lot. I'm so stoked. I'm like, we're in the restaurant a lot. This is gonna be good." Well, there's that old actor joke, which is, you know, two actors on the street in New York run into each other, and they say, uh, hey, how you doing? And he says, I'm good. Are you working? He says, yeah, I, I gotta, I, I'm doing a play. He says, is it a good part? He says, it's a small part, but I get to eat a sandwich in the second act. <laughs> I get fed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I heard that, I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I, th- that's the problem with not doing my podcast regularly enough. I don't remember if I've told this or- but uh, uh, I heard that Raymond Burr, who was Ironside, um, and before that he did uh, Perry Mason, right? You know, which was a courtroom drama he did for years, right? And where he's just they just shot courtroom scenes where he's yeah, honest, standing the whole, all, time. the whole yeah, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. And but it was a huge success, a huge hit. So uh, later. Um, they came to him and they're like, we want to do a new show. Uh, you'd be playing a, a lawyer. Was Ironside a lawyer? I think he was a I lawyer. I think he was. I think it was another lawyer. Or a, an attorney. And uh, it was like, it's another courtroom show. It's called Ironside. And uh, it wasn't written as a guy in a wheelchair. Really? Yeah. Because uh, I thought Ironside referred to the wheels. <laughs> That's what I thought, too. But he, it wasn't in a wheelchair in the script. And he's like, no. They're like... Really, they're like you were you were a critical hit with this with Perry Mason. He's like, I don't want to do a show where I'm on my feet for twelve hours a day, and uh, I think jokingly or whatever he said, I'll do it if the character's in a wheelchair, and they wrote him into a wheelchair. Wow, 
I was like, genius. <laughs> they just remade that show. It didn't go, but uh, with um. Oh right. What's his name from LA Law? Fuck it. That phone's off. It didn't go. <laughs> yeah. Um, it'll be it'll be in the show comments. <laughs> yes, I'll get tons of tweets about this yeah. later. But um, so how was how was shooting it? Uh, Ridiculous six. Oh, it was a blast. It was so much fun. I've always wanted to do a western. Uh, me too. There's definitely like yeah. It's there's 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 like w- like after Lost Angeles. Okay, now what do you do want to do? And it's like, there's like kind of check out. I want to do a western. I want to do a horror movie. I want to do like a cool science fiction kind of movie and stuff like that. And uh, and to get to like check that off was so much fun and all that stuff. Like oh, today we're walking through a saloon door. Oh, dude. You know, or today we're on horses. How's and... that? I I actually have a fear of horses. Me too. I got kicked by uh, the pony that my uncle had a couple times <laughs> when I was a kid. So I was like, oh, man, I'm scared. And I got to go take my horse test because you do like a test first to kind of like Jesus tell really? you like. Uh, so they got to get a gauge of like, okay, how much horseback riding you're going to do. You know, versus like your double, yeah, and or h- how much you know practice you should have, kind of yeah. essentially. And so I went and I I went to and I was like this thing that you you know you always been told that animals know when you're scared of them. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like I don't I don't want to give off the scared vibe on this guy, but uh, <laughs> it was this huge horse. His name is Big John. He's like part draft horse. Oh so, shit! Yeah, like he's, Clydesdale. Yeah, type? he's a big horse and he was the same horse i got to ride in the movie which is great because then i was like oh we have history but it's great because movie horses are so well trained that that because the i guess the whatever the western style of riding a horse where you just have reins in one hand yeah and just kind of slightly move and the horse knows what to do yeah that horse was brilliant no kidding so no problems with did you have to Not well the, the, the only that? problem with that horse was the horse next to him Taylor Lautner's horse the two of them were having this kind of like little head butt yeah. thing there's a scene where we're all standing and we're staring at this like rock formation and doing our lines and suddenly like Taylor's horse is having an issue with Big John <laughs> and in my mind in my mind it's cuz like Big John's like a foot taller than all these horses. In my mind, it's just that horse is not giving Big John the respect <laughs> that being the biggest horse in the yeah. group should deserve. But uh, that was the only thing uh, for that horse. Big John was great though, because you know he stayed. I was he made me look like I was better at handling a horse. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm also just deathly allergic to horses for some reason. Oh really? Like a lot of cats and like horses, like. No kidding. I go buy a corral, I start to sneeze. Oh, really? It's crazy. Um, when you first get to Santa Fe, it's an extremely high altitude, and that adjustment is hard. Really? Because you, you find yourself out of breath constantly. Yeah. Just, just a few steps. Or it's like, you know, so it's like if there's something that you got to, like, walk a certain distance, yeah. you know, and then, like, okay, in... If I assume they're gonna go again, I start heading to reset way ahead of time, so I can really get slow. there. So I can get there while everyone else is mingling and like figuring out or watching I'd, playback. I'm just gonna get back to one because I have a feeling we're gonna do this again. 
And uh, and I actually even bought like there's those like aerosol oxygens uh-huh. that they have for like people like on the sidelines of football games. Sometimes oh, yeah, yeah. just like a little can is like, and so some days when I have a headache, I would just do some oxygen hits off of that. And they and help. Then, yeah. Holy shit! It did pretty great. Um, I was supposed to go to a movie in Bogota, Colombia, in June, oh. and that is like. That's like seven or eight thousand feet. It is, and oh. uh, that's the only thing I kept reading about was altitude sickness. Yeah, and uh, it didn't work out. But uh, I kind of would have liked to go to Bogota. That would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. That's part of the whole. Uh, the coolest perk I think of this business is getting to see parts of the world that I would never see. Yeah, you know. That's why I, you know during Lost, I would do all these like you know do conventions in Europe. I was like, oh. Sure. When yeah. Am I, when am I going to go there? Yeah. Yeah. And also uh, just being in Hawaii for like yeah. so many years. Yeah, that was a cool thing. I mean, the whole thing was just like that That was about like when you, when you do this thing away out of L.A. and the whole influence of the industry. Yeah. It kind of kind of becomes like, oh, this is just a thing me and my friends do. Yeah, and then you'd come in for like the Golden Globes, and you're like, "Oh wait, I forget." Oh shit! This Everyone is, is. This is kind of a big deal. Well, I remember I was before I was writing on Kimmel. I was what they called a TV watcher there. Like, I was the guy that sat in a room watching for the clips TV that they would for the clips. And my job was to watch Lost because um, Jimmy was obsessed, was obsessed. with yeah. that show. I mean, as you know, like he would constantly have you know cast members on the show. Mm-hmm. And there was a running bit for a while where I was, they would go, like during his monologue, they would cut to me in the TV watcher room yeah. watching Lost. And I, I stole a beanbag and out of the green room and I would literally just sit in a beanbag all day watching TV. But uh, God, I vaguely remember, I think they would cut to me talking about Lost and I was like obsessed with Evangeline Lilly. And, um, yeah, that that was, and I would, I remember, I mean, the pilot episode of that show, like, I mean, that show was instantly a hit, like, yeah, because that was one of the best pilots, fucking ever, you know, it, the cliffhanger ending to that that pilot was bonkers, like the next day, everyone was like, did you see the show Lost? Did you see the show Lost? It's fucking crazy, and um, I forget where I'm going with this, but Jimmy. It was before I was a writer on the show. I was watching TV. God, where was I going to go with that? I fucking forgot. Okay. I got to stop smoking weed. <laughs> I think I'm too old to smoke weed now. <laughs> we should... Oh, there I, there were... You know, before I came in here today, I was, you know, Googling you to find out, you know, anything I might not have heard. But mm-hmm. there are... There's some Lost-related shows that I'd never heard about. Uh, I also... Oh, but well, while you're doing that, because you asked me, also also the environment, uh, back to Ridiculous 6, I know we're jumping around, but yeah. the the cool thing about this part was because you don't have to prepare any lines, you're so in the moment, which is a fun actor exercise. <sighs> yeah. Just have that, just like, what comes out of your mouth is what he says. Yeah. It was so cool, and... And to work in the way they do Happy Madison movies, it's just so great and so creative and supportive where everyone, yeah. you know, has the freedom to suggest and try things out. 
and you know, because everyone wants everyone to crush, and it's so it was so great. Yeah, he especially for that kind of part where you go, I hope, I hope this is what they like. And he's one of those people. What I love about him is that he just fucking works with his friends too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people. I mean, Judd Apatow does that. Sarah mm-hmm. does that. You know, I've worked with her on a million things, but like. It makes for a better fucking set, you know, when everyone is like joking around and having fun and there's not a stressful environment. It's such a good set. I remember I did a a table read at Happy Madison for a movie. Uh, Adam was producing. He wasn't in. He was producing it and it was Andy Samberg and Charlie Day. Uh Nothing ever happened with it, but it was such a fucking funny script. And I just go to the table read and it's just like. Adam, I'm sitting right next to Adam on one side of me, and I was, I'd never met him before. I was like, holy shit, I'm sitting next to Adam Sandler. Or Adam Sandler. And on the other side of me is Cheryl Teagues, <laughs> who I had a huge crush on when I was like 12. I was like, this is the greatest day ever. Even if this movie yeah. doesn't happen, I'm so fucking happy. I was like, I got to do this photo shoot with Christy Brinkley. For the movie? No, this was something I did years ago. It was out in in Montauk. They brought me out. What was that for? Um, Holy shit! It was for German Vogue. No way. Yeah, and it was just you know, and so I was I was paired up with her, so we were doing like you know romantic things. Christy (laughs) Brinkley. Was she nice? Super nice. Super nice. Yeah. That's the uptown girl, man. Yeah, That's, I know. She was married to Billy. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> That's the other this thing. This is the kind of thing. That that was like I think that was that was the the I had this like summer um when like when I was on the cover of the Weezer album and I was you know hanging out with them for a little bit and like that that shoot like all these things were going I go this is all this stuff is happening, and this is my real life right now. It's so weird. I know there's moments where I'm just like, this is kind of makes everything worth it. I found the thing. It's lost missing pieces. Do you know what that is? It says TV miniseries. I think it's like stuff that didn't actually make it into the show. I think missing pieces like was like one of those clip shows. Oh. And then the other one is uh, Epilogue, The New Man in Charge. New Man in Charge was uh, bonus on, like, the final DVD release for the... It's basically, it's... Um, so it wasn't a televised. It was No, it wasn't TV. televised. It was, like, like a DVD bonus stuff. So there was, like, scenes of Hurley as the guy running things with Ben as his second. Oh, okay. Um, it's good, though, because it gives me... One extra, it counts it as an episode in IMDb. Yeah. So I'm listed as doing one more episode than everybody else. No shit? Yeah. <laughs> it puts me at the top of the list. Well, you're probably like one of the first people cast too, right? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Weezer. That's fucking crazy to me. Like, you you are the cover of a Weezer album. I know. And it's great because also I worked at Borders in the music department. So part of it was this thrill of also knowing that at some point the people You're I worked with is going to open up a big box and there's going to be my face smiling back at them. <laughs> I mean, it's you. It's just your fucking face, the I whole know. album. Cover. I know. I, I did an episode of the George Lopez show when he was doing that talk show. Yeah. 
and I met Rivers there. I took a picture with him, and it's just that picture zoomed in on my face. No. Yeah. Did they? Like, when I heard about it, I was like, like, they said, here's a mock-up. And I thought that meant, like, it's going to be something like this. I didn't realize that that was going to be it. It's... Did, no, did no. they ask your permit? They're like, hey, we want to... Yeah, they contacted my manager, and they says, hey, we we want to um, put Hori on the cover of this album that we're going to call Hurley. Which is because like, they were nicknaming it that or something, I think, at the time. Because technically, they probably wouldn't have had to get your permission, right? They, maybe like Disney or... I think I think for my likeness... Oh, no, because it's, like, it's not a likeness of me as Hurley. It's a likeness of just me. Yeah. So I think they oh, probably yeah. had to do something, but... Yeah, there was like like if I look at like the email back and forth between my manager and their and theirs was kind of like is there some kind of Perfect. compensation for that? And it's like we can give them like a modeling, whatever the modeling fee thing yeah, is. Yeah. And so yeah, that was that was crazy. And then they flew me up. I flew up with them to one of their shows and kind of hung out with them. Just kind of got to know them. The other thing was weird was. Were you a Weezer uh, there fan was, before that? Yeah, I liked them. Uh, I got way deeper into them once I was on the album cover, though, because yeah, they course. sent me they sent me their whole catalog. So I was like, Shit. oh, you know, I'm really kind of discovering uh, albums instead of like I, I just knew them mostly from the radio yeah. and whatever K Rock would play yeah. and stuff like that. But um, it was also because like that that was the I found out about Weezer the same day my dad passed away, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, finally, this is one thing that suddenly. Puts a smile on my face yeah. on like one of the most awful days. Holy shit, that's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, yeah, that was another one of those moments when I introduced them, and then I the I sang with them a couple times too. <laughs> what? Uh, I I introduced them. We did. They did a show for for Axe. That uh, was in. It was at the Dunes Inn. Yeah. And they just kind of set up a stage there, and I introduced them, and then I did a song with them, and then they did the two shows. That did you were rehearse at... with them, like at Soundcheck or anything? Or you uh, just yeah, we did. We did a little bit. Um, we we I think we just kind of no, we did. Yeah, we did a, a little rehearsal <laughs> with that, and um, and then and then there were two shows they did at um, uh, a Universal or Gibson or whatever it's called. Yeah. That place, which is no more, and it was um, when they were doing, you know, it's like one night was like the blue album, uh, one night was Pinkerton, Pinkerton and yeah. yeah, yeah, and they had this huge banner of my head on the album cover behind me. <laughs> it's like it's like that that shot in Citizen Kane where yeah, he's got that yeah. giant head behind him. Yeah, it was yeah, that was a surreal summer. That's fucking. Crazy. Yeah. I, there's nothing I'm more into than like music. Like, so that kind of shit is all when I go to shows, I'm just always, that's my happiest if, if I'm at a show. Yeah. If I'm on the side of the stage watching the show, it's even yeah, yeah, better. Yeah. But um, I went to the last rock show at the Gibson Amphitheater, which was Queens of the, Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, cool. And, um, Fucking Weezer, that's crazy, dude. Yeah, it said on IMDb, IIMDb, dude, as well that, that you have a huge record collection. Do you collect vinyl? No, no, that it, it was a huge. Well, it was music collecting. I had, I used to have a shit ton of CDs. Most of those are like in my garage now in sleeves. Yeah, but yeah, I had a like a whole wall of 
those super tall Ikeas. Yep. And just the walls full, all yep. drilled into the wall. Holy and, shit. Because uh, I worked in record stores. For, well, I mean, I worked at Borders in the music department for a long time and just amassed a lot of stuff. But I liked it because I liked, I was really good at recognizing CDs by the spine. Yeah. Just like the color coding of the spine CDs. where I could be like, oh, yeah, and, and I could just reach and, and, and pull it. Um, there's certain CDs which I still like if, like I know that the there's a B-52s that's like kind of rainbow, like yeah. yellow and red and greenish. Yeah, 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 where yeah. I'm like, if I saw that in a in a wall somewhere, I would it, ten feet away, I'd know that was a right. B-52s. And then I became I became the thing where I'd sit and because like like CD collections was like the personality test when I go see someone, go to someone's house Look and be like, through. all right, let's see. All right, they have that, but that's that's issue to everybody. You know, it's like, oh, they were a member of the BMG club because they have, like, Bob Marley legend, and they have the I mean, Steve Miller greatest hits. That was you know, they have, they, it's like everyone's got the same whatever. They buy this, they chose the same BMG six CDs for that yeah. stuff. And so then I just start that, and I go, oh, these are in terrible orders. And then I just start alphabetizing them. Now it's, you know... You you have to just look at someone's iTunes to get, right to see yeah yeah because I don't I haven't bought a physical CD in I don't even remember the last time it's all iTunes or I'll still buy vinyl once in a while but I like the way that sounds but I mean to be honest it's it's a little bit of a chore to, it's more labor intensive yeah it I like is. to be in my car right I will sit in my car in a parking lot for like an hour listening. To music that's like, great before i go home and um fucking weezer but yeah it's like yeah but even like itunes gets out of character the other thing is i always i always like when you, you kind of want to find out and try to still do that same kind of thing that same personality test and be like what kind of music do you listen to what do you like and everyone always likes to say everything i was like oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, give eclectic me a i have an eclectic yeah take. give me a break show me show me your 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 last plates on your itunes no i yeah, I um, <laughs> I've done a few of those like VH1s, you know, oh. top songs of the '90s or whatever. Great. And so whenever you do that, they send you like a week before like a list of the songs you're going to be talking about. And so a lot of the songs I don't own, you know, sure. it'll be like Keith Sweat or you know um, Taylor Dane. And so I'll buy them on iTunes so I can listen to them, so I can have something to say. Right. But now those songs are on my iTunes, so every now and then oh, they say you must like this. They'll come up in a shuffle. I'll be like, no, 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 no. That was for a thing I shot. Yeah, right. I did that for I was I was trying to do more walking at a certain pace. So I was like, like doing this thing, finding like internet databases on beats per minute for songs and stuff like that and trying to find those and and other kinds of just instrumental exercise music which by the way I discovered on iTunes some people some companies will release the exact same songs in a different order with a different cover no shit and just just to get another sale out of it because like it'll be like oh this is this is for moving and grooving and this is for sweating and something else (laughs) who knows right and uh, there's one of these that I got which is super like electronic and just you know so annoying yeah. but 
for some reason it's near the alphabet, I think near the top or something. So whenever <laughs> it'll switch from like a podcast to music, boom, it's always like, mm-ts, mm-ts, mm-ts. oh wait, no, this isn't, <laughs> just a second. This is not what I want. Can you search iTunes for like actual beats per minute? On no, not unless someone went through the effort to put it in, you know, because like, like the keywords, not the keywords. Yeah, but the, like the uh, iTunes, metadata. the database is almost is like Wikipedia. Like it's whoever made the effort to put those in there originally. And then eventually it keeps recognizing them and they start. You can go but, through and find like. I don't know how to do these searches now because iTunes has changed so much that I find it really confusing now. But like, yeah, in the old days, you could like do a search for like the what the top hundred songs were the year you were born. Or da-da-da. oh, really? Oh, like, oh, you, could oh, you mean on the store itself? Yeah, I just by, meant like by my home iTunes has changed no, no, and like no. just how like oh now now I gotta how do I get back to the screen where it's just the list of songs again? Apple has changed their their software so much that. I li- I feel old. I I now I am like, oh, this is what I thought of my parents when I was young because I can't operate iTunes now. I'm like, and all of a sudden there was Apple Music. I'm like, what the fuck is Apple yeah. Music? I click on a link to someone's album and it's just like, you must join Apple. I, I'm like, I want to buy it. I don't want it. What is Apple fucking music? And I I feel so fucking old now. I had. I had the, the other day, I mean, I'm probably more into photography than music, and uh, I had everything, like, categorized in my iPhoto and, like, albums, and then one day it's like, oh, there's a new operating system, you want to download it? And I'm like, sure, and then it was just like, no more iPhoto, now it's just photos. Right. And I... I and I'd like, done a whole organization, I made everything into events. Yes. And events are gone. Yes, and... I'm so fucking confused now. I, uh, I like I'll plug my phone in and I'll be like, okay, I want to import just these photos, and I'll select mm. you know like a hundred photos I want to import, and it won't let me fucking import. It, it's so confusing. And the yeah, the other thing that was hard in that is the is the there's uh, these are your old that are already in there because of PhotoStream or whatever they, double they already got in there. So these are the new ones. So you import the new ones to, in the hopes that you have, then you have to unplug it and replug it in. So then it goes, okay, Here's now you want us to delete all the old stuff? But because you, you can't when there's some new. And yeah. then there's, there's there's always like a few things that you go, I can't import this for some reason. It's corrupted or whatever. Yeah. So then you got to figure out where it is to delete that off the phone so that you can finally erase the. Dude, I'm, <laughs> this is the, I'm with you. I'm like, I just want all my photos in one place. That is I, the onset of fogeyism. Fogeyism. That should be the name of your book. The, Jorge Garcia, fogeyism. Right, well, there's a long time ago. I remember there's this article that was like things to do to combat fogeyism, and it was like listen to college radio stations about one hour a week. <laughs> no, I, I don't even think there's college radio stations anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's right? a good point. Uh, all right, let's see if anyone tweeted questions for you. I, um, oh, you put the you put the call out. I said, tweet me your questions for Jorge. Um, but sometimes people do, and sometimes they don't. Uh, Richard Van Hoist, if you get annoyed at being that guy from Lost, what did you, what do you do to prevent being typecast? 
don't think you've been typecast. Um, to prevent being typecast, you. I don't think there's anything you can do. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess the I'm not there yet, but though I guess the only way to prevent it is you have to start saying no to the same type of character job. Yeah, but I'm not at a spot where I feel like I'm confident to be like no. Yeah, this I'm is not either. too hurly. <laughs> I like to pay my bills, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll play another home. And I got guy. lucky. I I've, I've been lucky uh, so far, and and I think um, one of the that's the other great thing about Herm is he's so far out left field of a completely different thing that kind of like I think paints a, in a way a more rounded picture. Like, oh no, he's an actor. I also, when I saw the the trailer that they put out, I was like, "Holy shit, you are almost unrecognizable." I am. I know that was when we a were a lot of hair. When we were doing, yeah, he's more hair and less teeth. When he's we more were, hair than, and you have a lot of yeah, hair. Normally, they actually put like a like almost like a dread wig on top of my head and wove my hair through it. Was that hot? It was super hot. Because then on top of that, I also wore a coat of basically animal skin. And yeah, it was it was hot on the hot days, but on the nights it was actually pretty nice. <laughs> what time what time time of year did you shoot that? We shot it April and May. Or March, April, I think it was. Yeah, there's some scenes there was still snow on the ground. That's a good time to shoot though. Yeah. I don't like I, I really get bummed out sometimes shooting in the summer. Oh yeah. Like you know, we're shooting outside and it's hundred and fifteen degrees. We did it we did an episode of Sarah's show. Where um, it was the medical marijuana episode where Brian and I buy medical marijuana for the first time and we sit in our tab car and we smoke it and we get so fucking high that Brian tries to start the car with a quarter and we're just like, <laughs> but we shot for like a few hours in that car inside a fucking tiny car with just lights all around us. We're parked, but lights all around us and we shot out, you know on the street over near Hollywood and Highland. And um, and it was 105 degrees that day. So the lights, it was like probably 115 degrees in the car. And I had strep throat and 102 fever. Jeez. So it was hands down the most miserable day of shooting I've ever had in my life. But it, uh, I, I think it kind of actually worked for me looking like I was stoned. Uh-huh. I watch it now. It's hard to watch because I'm like, oh, I was so fucking sick. It's a reminder of... It yeah, really yeah, makes yeah. me fucking sick to watch it but um hey what are you gonna do so um, did you have your own a uh, cory finkel did you have your own theories on what was going on in last i imagine he's saying before you got to the ending i mean how much did you know we got where it was headed we knew script to script that's it that's it uh, Holy so, shit! So, like the first couple seasons we were essentially five weeks ahead of the audience because that's about what the turnaround was yeah so you, yeah, so we were, it was great because we were excited about the show too. So only yeah. we were on the script level. So we'd get a new script and then we'd read and be like, oh, did you see what's going on in the new one? Now apparently this is going on. With yeah. Um, they was. If you had episodes that you weren't in, would you still get scripts? Yeah. Okay. And if it was one of those, when your flashback episodes where you're in it a lot, you got the, um, the network draft as well. Like normally the first thing you get is the production draft. Right, but if it's going to be heavy in your, you know, your dialogue and your storyline, they give you, you, know, you got to peek at the network one too. What's the difference? There's a rewrite between them. 
Oh. Uh, so So otherwise you wouldn't get like the The network draft? Yeah. No. Holy shit. Yeah. Um it's like network draft is like just like kind of like this thing and then the production draft has already the scene numbers on it, you know, all like that. Yeah. You know, it's 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 cut up essentially. So they can start planning the schedule. Right. Um at the beginning there was a little bit of theorizing, but for the most part after a while it was just kinda of like, you know, I'm just gonna let the audience come I up with theories, be and I'll just let the you know see what they come up with, and I'll just like listen to what they say because because they were the ones who were like watching it over and over again and scrutinizing every little thing. So you would get scripts like not knowing where the story was going, and you mm -hmm. must have been reading them like holy shit. Yeah, it was great though because there was also kind of this. There's a there's a freedom in that where you know when when you're an actor, you're like, well, listen, people don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. No, yeah. So, you know, in that sense, just kind of embracing that. And, I mean, some people had bigger problems with it because sometimes you'll get information later and they go, oh, well, if I knew this, I would have made a different choice then, you know, that kind of thing. But for me, I think people contradict themselves all the time. So I think if you do something one way and then later you find out that it's because of something else then and, and you should have behaved a different way, that's just being a human being. Yeah. Also, how great is it working in an ensemble cast? Like so great, it makes well, the schedule a lot easier. Like yeah, days off in the middle of the week, so yeah. nice. That was the best part of the Sarah show. It's like she had all the heavy right. lifting. And yeah, right. Brian and I would be like, maybe three days in a week we would work. Right, and you're still a regular. Or if and there's then, an episode you're not in, oh, I'm still getting paid. Still for getting it, paid. And then I think the last season, Brian and I had an episode where we were the A story. It was the only time, and I just remember. Like halfway through shooting, going fucking, how does Sarah do this? Like I am fucking exhausted. Yeah, well, when, when it'd be like a full Hurley episode, there was let's say it's forced calls. Like it starts early in the week, and I would wake up like at three in the morning, asleep on my script, <laughs> and I'm like, oh shoot, I didn't get through all my memorization for like you know all, all my work for. The next day, I was like, oh, but I just got to sleep right now. Yeah. And I actually had a couple scenes where I actually started falling asleep in the scene. No shit. And apparently I'm amazing at it because I had, I would, I did a scene with um, Evan Handler and we're sitting on the ground. It's episode Dave. And I, I feel really, I'm now. embarrassed to admit this, <laughs> even though I, I have, I have mentioned it, but uh, I had this. I was so, like, I knew the scene good enough that I would start to fade out well, on his coverage. I'd start to fade out, but I would always come out to give him his cue line, and then I'd fade <laughs> away again, and I'd come back, and, and he was sitting there, like, poor guy, trying to work opposite of that. And he's sitting there, and he doesn't know, because he's, you know, when you're a guest star, you're like, you're, you're like oh, do I tell somebody about this? But... The same thing happened in that was season two. In season one, I had a similar thing where I go visit the Australian woman and she gives me tea and she's yeah. telling me about yeah. losing her leg and her husband. And I like sink into this real cushiony couch and it's been long days and it's really hot in there. It's like warm. Yes. And the director at one point saying, Hey, so, you know, we we're looking at you in that scene. It was almost like, I don't know, it's almost like you were falling asleep in there. And I was like, Oh, I was. <laughs> I was. He says, Okay, well, why don't you walk around and you know have like a green tea or it's something? So amazing what the, what the human body like. It just gets to a point where it's, it's like, like, no, we're going to sleep. I shot something in North Carolina like five years ago, 
and generally I love night shoots. Mm-hmm. I'm a, you know, I'm an insomniac. So like for me, it's much better to go in with a 5 p.m. call time and just shoot all night. I, I love it as opposed to waking up at 5 a.m. Oh, yeah. Um, but we, we'd we been shooting like all days for like three weeks. And then the we only had like, I think, two nights of night shoots. And then the 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 last night was a, a night shoot and for some reason I just hit a fucking wall at like around three in the morning and I fuck and this has never happened to me before I fell asleep standing up like I was like leaning against a pillar and I woke up as I was fucking sliding down the fucking pillar to the floor like and I, there was like a split second where I didn't know what the fuck was going on where I was I'm like why am I in a bar what why am I on the floor <laughs> But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I had, we had some really long, like, late nights that season one when we first started this season. Like, after the pilot, we were away for two months, and then we come back. So we do all this night stuff. There's stuff like when the pigs are running through the camp and all this kind of stuff. And I remember getting really tired on the drive home. It was because it, it was like an hour commute up to the set at the North Shore. Um, and so I just decided at one point I just pulled over and parked under a tree and says, I'm just going to take a nap for a couple hours and then drive home. And it was perfect because suddenly it started raining and just like that sound of rain oh, on I the car that. roof. I, oh, I have I was, a sound machine that I was out like that. Sound. Yeah, me too. I, I, I run rain or waves and yeah. or streams, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> no, that's, that's how I fall asleep because sometimes it's hard to turn the brain off. I've had, I mean, I've had times when I've had such early call times that I'll go get a hotel near the, oh, the yeah. location. So I have maybe an extra hour or two to sleep. Yeah, there's a few times we'd get that if we were shooting on some other part of the island, you know, and we're going to be there the next day. They'd be like, hey, you have the option of staying in this hotel. They put you up. I've also kind of wanted to, like, I've never done this, but, like, just sleep on the set, you know. Like, like I've had a set where I had an apartment, and I was like, you know, we'd shoot, like, late, and I'd be like, yeah. can I – can I just sleep in my TV bed? And <laughs> yeah, like, I hear no. people who try to like spend the night in their trailer. Yeah, sometimes do that. Or uh, on Lost, there's sometimes you heard some people would camp on the beach camp. That's cool. And then I mean, not actors, but crew guys would do it. And then that's just, a very you know, grip thing there. to do. Yeah, manly motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you have anything you want to plug? Uh, Ridiculous Six, when does that come out? December 11th on Netflix. It's um, like 10 days away. Yeah. I'm, ex- I'm so excited. Can't wait to see what you did with my character. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to see you take money on my pocket. It's a funny script, though, man. I can't yeah. wait to, can't wait I'm, to see I, it. I'm we saw jealous. The premiere was last night. Oh, so how was it? It was great. I'm so happy how it turned out. Really proud of it. Isn't it great what what's happening with movies and TV now and Netflix and Amazon and Yeah. I just did a movie that was that's going to come out for Netflix the same way. I'm like this is kind of awesome. Yeah, my only thing was like I was like part of like comedy is, is being in a room with people yeah. to share laughing. Yeah. So I was like I was like I'm always like hey, see it with friends, like get together and do viewings and stuff yeah. for it. So is it is it going to be any kind of like limited release in like theaters or I don't know. I mean, they they talked about that's possibility, 
but it's never going to not be on Netflix. Essentially, yeah. like it, it's it's always going to be available for subscription on Netflix as it is. So yeah. it's like it's never like you know you'd have to go here to see it. So that's that's because that's that's the whole thing about doing it with them. I love Netflix. I yeah, love what too. they're doing with movies, and I love that when they put out a TV show, that they'll put out all the, the whole episodes thing. at once. I'm like, I know, fucking brilliant. It's so great. I can watch at my leisure. Yeah, my leisure. And sometimes you feel like you want to pace yourself. Yeah, it takes away the the group because uh, like w- all the stuff where people like get together to discuss shows. They're talking about the whole season already. Yeah. I know it's, it's like oh I haven't watched I'm still on episode yeah. seven yeah it came yeah. out yesterday <laughs> uh, okay um, so uh, check that out on the 11th and that comes out you can also catch Jorge on uh, Hawaii Five O follow him on Twitter which is is it the same as your Instagram handle pronounced no. Jorge no on Twitter I'm at Jorge Garcia Instagram he's got a very great Instagram. Uh, and it's pronounced Jorge. How do you spell the phonetical? H o r h y, h a y. Yeah. H o r h a i. H a y h y. So it's yeah. The words pronounced H o r h a y. I also think if you ser- search Jorge. Yeah. If you, most of my Garcia. Twitters are Instagram posts, anyways. If you find my Twitter, it'll give you the link to it. Uh, so you should follow him there. And um, I think that's it. You have anything else you need to plug? No, it was need great. Two or one. No, it's all good. Uh, All right. Thanks, Jorge. And uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Feral Audio. Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. 